once a month we'll be doing these introductions to a book of the Bible we might struggle to understand. And the idea is to be well-trained navigators of the scriptures so that like elite navigators of a wilderness terrain, sorry, Pastor Elroy, I'll set this, try to set this back before. <laughs> so that like elite navigators of a wilderness terrain, we can be dropped anywhere in the Bible and find our way back to home base, which in the case of the Bible is finding our way back to what it tells us uh, about the good news of Jesus, our head. And then having learned to hold our map, God's word, upright, we can navigate the upside down world we live in. So let's dive into our very first book in this series, Esther. Now, Esther would on the surface seem to present challenges uh, because it's remarkable for being the only book of the Bible that never name drops its author, God. And it doesn't seem like it should be setting the stage for his Messiah either, at least not in the way that some of those other hard books do by having genealogies uh, that uh, lead the way to Christ or, or purity laws and commandments that point to the need for him. In fact, it, it seems like everything has gone entirely off track. Uh, God's special people, uh, not satisfied with being exiled from the garden, have managed to get themselves exiled from the embassy and down payment on the restored garden, the temple, for the last 100 years. Um, and to make matters worse, they're being ruled by enemies. I, it, it, a very special Hell's House blend of enemies, uh, including enemies who are just too drunk and stupid to ever do anything right, and enemies that are brilliant and scheming to make things as wrong as possible. And the first two chapters pointing the wrong way. The first two chapters uh, are about this enemy king's greatness. Then they have a feast to celebrate this greatness. Then two of God's people, Esther and Mordecai, actually save this king from being killed. And all that gets them is an even worse enemy, Haman, is elevated. He passes an edict to exterminate the Jews. And for his trouble, he gets a banquet to celebrate. So then Mordecai brings Esther into a plan to save the Jews. And Esther holds a private banquet with just her, the king, and Haman. So Haman's feeling rather important now. Uh, so he has gallows built to hang Mordecai. And it looks like it can't get any worse. And it can't because this is the grand reversal point of the story. So Esther holds another private banquet with just her, the king, and Haman, where she exposes Haman's treachery against the very man who saved the king's life. So Haman is hanged from the very gallows he built. So now Esther brings Mordecai into a plan to save the Jews. Mordecai is elevated to Haman's former position. He passes an edict preventing the extermination of the Jews, and everywhere they hear of it, they throw banquets to celebrate. Uh, thus, Esther, Mordecai, and the king save the Jews, who have a, a giant feast to celebrate, which they name Purim, after the dice Haman threw to decide what day they would supposedly be exterminated. One of many other reversals you can find in this book. 
And the last chapter is all about the greatness of Mordecai. So you can see there's been a perfect reversal mapped out in this book. So it's almost as if there's a god of the entire universe watching over the events of this book. <laughs> who is, thank you for the musical accompaniment at the crescendo, that's awesome. Um, so it's almost as if there's a god of the entire universe watching over the events of this book, who is reversing all the curses that the enemies of God try to put on his people. So that even if his name is never mentioned, uh, his people are no less in his care. Even if his own people cannot be bothered to call out his name, that doesn't make them any less sheep of his flock, of whom he will not lose one. Because God rules God's world, whether anyone says so or not. So when you, dear people loved by God, are being ruled by enemies who want to see you dead, far from where God told you to be, and it looks like it can't get any worse, and you fear your faith will fail, Christ will hold you fast. He has you right where he wants you.